gospel because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. Just Informed Talk Radio Show with your hosts, Craig James and Nick No. Today is another big day as usual. Lots of news to cover. And it is also Tinfoil Friday, which means in the second hour, we will be getting into some uh, deep, deep rabbit holes. Talking about conspiracies that they don't want you to look at more closely. Are they theoretical or are they factual? We're going to parse through that here on today's show. And I want to say thank you to everybody for joining us. If you're listening here on the Front Range on 1360 AM. We appreciate it. You can call or text. The phone number is 877-536-1360 if you want to leave your thoughts or comments for us to talk about here on air during the show. Uh, You can text us at any point throughout. We really appreciate when you do. Your interaction makes this show that much better. Also, if you're listening online to the live stream on Rumble or YouTube or anywhere else, please Do us a favor, hit that like button, smash the subscribe button, and make sure you leave a comment in the live chat or in the comment section below the video to let us know what you think about everything that we talk about here today. It really does make a difference, and we really appreciate when you do it. So with that being said, obviously, uh, welcome to our co-host, Nick No, who is joining us. Nick, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Craig. Very good, very good. Got to do a roll call. Got Nick here. We're going to keep, we're going to go right into it. So a lot of things happened yesterday, Nick. The big one being the Fannie Willis testimony, which is probably one of the most hilarious things I've ever watched in my life. I know, I know you were having flashbacks of bad memories when you saw her. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into those though. That, that's neither here nor there. We'll, we'll talk about uh, what actually happened though, which is fascinating to, to listen to. Trump's lawyers basically cross-examining the witness, both the lawyer who was hired to prosecute Trump by Fannie Willis, Nathan Wade, and, and Fannie Willis herself, both took the stand yesterday in this hearing to see if they are basically criminals, which, I mean, as if the proof wasn't already there, all these people did was get on the, the stand and literally incriminate themselves and confess to a number of felonies, which... I uh, you were you were saying earlier, Nick, in our pre-meeting, you're like, I don't think Fanny, I'm pretty sure Fanny Willis doesn't have an actual law degree, and and I said, uh, I saw somebody online mention that they now believe she got her law degree on eBay because this woman is incredibly stupid. It, it seems that, and the whole thing was wild, Nick. Right, like the way the courtroom was being ran, you have this little effeminate, quiet as a mouse judge who seemed to be afraid of Fannie Willis, letting her just completely run the show, which was wild to see happen in real time. I mean, Trump's lawyers are being uh, berated and cross-examined by the witness, obviously a hostile witness who didn't want to actually answer the questions, kept giving answers that went far beyond what was being requested. And uh, just a, it was like chaos in the courtroom. And I have clips from that hearing that I want to play here. But 
Uh, Nick, just your first reaction on Fannie Willis and this whole debacle happening in, in Georgia. So just for reference to the audience here, you know, the the context is Fannie Willis is the attorney general or the district attorney, I think. Yeah, she's a she's a district attorney in Fulton County who is bringing the RICO charges against Donald Trump and his uh, uh, colleagues in regard to stealing, quote-unquote, the 2020 election, or at least attempting to do so. And these buffoons have yet to make a, you know, uh, even remotely uh, solid case against Trump. It's all been a bunch of, you know, uh, thuggish intimidation tactics, trying to get people to to get plea deals so they could turn on one another. It's been kind of a, a very wild uh, sequence of events happening with regard to to that case itself but now it's come up that there was some misappropriation of funds and fanny willis was essentially funding her her vacations to aruba and belize and cruises to the caribbean with money that was being essentially embezzled through the the district attorney's office to her boyfriend nathan wade now i could go through the number of ways that she lied on the stand perjured herself admitted to committing felonies and we'll probably do that in a minute but just nick first what's your general takeaway here i mean what are your thoughts it was like seeing a little kid and and you ask them you see them take some candy they're not supposed to have right and and they even got it in their mouth and then you say and you look and they don't know you're there and you say hey what are you doing? And then uh, they come up with this crazy story, you know, to try and throw you off. And, and uh, you know, clearly the the candy's still in their mouth. And, and it's like, man, I, I can't believe, you know, it's funny because they're kids and they don't know any better. And it, that's kind of how, how stupid she seemed. She was so stupid that, and the kids, you know, kids are learning, right? But at, at her age, you know, like you said, I, I don't think she could even, I don't think she could do anything. I, I highly doubt that she's the person that pays her bills. She probably can't figure out how to do it. Well, I mean, if you listen to her testimony, she she's she's like uh, uh, Scrooge McDuck. She's got a, a mountain of cash in her house that she's just hoarding and using for all kinds of different things. That was the wildest part of the testimony, really. Is so essentially what happened was earlier in the day, her boyfriend uh, and and colleague. The person who she selected to help her prosecute Trump, who she uh, signed off on paying an exorbitant, I think it's like 250 or something dollars an hour that amounted to, I want to say, and I'm going off the top of my head here, so fact check me if I'm wrong, but I think she paid him over, uh, well over six figures, and I'm and, and I'm thinking it was around the $600,000 range, but I, I mean, fact check me on that, it could have been in the lower six-figure range, but either way, she essentially brought him on and and agreed to hire him to pay him this exorbitant fee to be a a consultant slash you know a, a alternate prosecutor in the case and what it turns out happened is that they started taking these lavish trips down to uh south america and the caribbean and spending uh thousands and thousands of dollars on these trips which nathan wade the lawyer who was hired who is the boyfriend of fanny willis uh admitted that he was using his business credit card to pay for 
And this is the same business, his law firm, that was receiving all of this money from Fannie Willis's, uh, Fannie Willis's, uh, you know, district attorney's office for consulting and, and legal fees. So they go to Aruba and Belize, and he pays for everything for both of them on her credit on his business credit card. And now, what her testimony was, Nick, which this is the craziest thing in the world. Her testimony to counter the accusation that, you know, it's basically embezzling and fraud to take that money through his business and then use it for these lavish trips is that she paid him back in cash for everything they ever did. But conveniently, when you pay somebody back with cash and you keep $25,000 on you in cash at any given time, as she talked about during her testimony, there is no paper trail. So there is no way to prove that. She reimbursed him for any of these expenses, but we all know the truth. I mean, the truth is obvious that she didn't pay him back for these expenses. He was the conduit for the fraud and embezzlement that was being uh, basically done by them both so that they could uh, exploit this situation. And, And Nick, I think this just speaks to the character of these individuals and their motivation. They don't, they're not going after Trump because they think he did anything wrong, in my opinion. Uh, maybe they do, but th- I think the main reason is these people are opportunistic, ex- uh, you know, embezzlers and fraudsters, right? Yeah, th- I mean, that, that's what the government does a lot of the times. For example, you know, even using useful idiots or people that are already criminals. Um, you know, back in the day, we used to use. Uh, Italian mobsters that were already hitmen to do hit jobs in other countries for you know the government and uh, this, I bet it's no different here. This one was an easy slam dunk case for them. They see this embezzler and she's she's probably doing other stuff too, besides that I'm sure. Oh, um, oh, she is. We're gonna get into it. There's much more to it. She actually she actually admits to committing a felony on the stand. That uh, we're gonna talk about that and much more. Everybody, stay tuned. You're listening to Justin Form Talk Radio. Returning Saturday, March 2nd to KHNC, 1360 AM, and every Saturday, March through October, it's the Gardening with Joy and Holly radio show, Saturday mornings, 11 to noon. It's the Gardening with Joy and Holly radio show, topic-focused, guests from across the country, and answering your garden questions. Submit your questions now to gardentalkradio at gmail.com or call 24-7 to 1-800-927-SHOW. That's every Saturday morning, 11 to noon, March through October, if you're not listening to Swamp Fight, you're just not listening. Join us here in the swamp Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Saturdays and Sundays at 12 noon right here on AM 1360.
Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio with your hosts, Craig James and Nick No. And Nick, before the break, we were talking about Fanny Willis, Fanny Willis. Man, this lady is a piece of work. Uh, this is the person in charge of prosecuting and persecuting Donald Trump in Fulton County, Georgia, where corruption seems to be the name of the game, and she is the uh, the main player in that game. She may be what you call the M the MCP, the most corrupt player of the game. But what's fascinating is this testimony we heard yesterday under cross-examination, both her uh, Fannie Willis and her boyfriend, Nathan Wade, the man she hired to be the uh, assistant to assist her in the prosecution persecution of Donald Trump. Uh, they were just basically embezzling taxpayer money to go on lavish trips to South America and the Caribbean, which is, you know, that's one thing, right, Nick? I mean, that that's bad, right? We're, we're, that's bad. And there was no real uh, excuse, a valid excuse given for, for how the funds were being spent. And there was no even way for them to, to go through how the money was reimbursed, right? So her big claim is that she reimbursed this Nathan Wade character, her boyfriend slash co-prosecutor who she hired and had the ability to uh, stipulate like a wage for. That her her basic you know argument, Nick, is I paid him back for everything he bought with his business credit card that was being funded by you know Georgia taxpayers. I paid him back in cash, so there's no paper trail. There's no way to prove it. Uh, she says she would give him between fifteen hundred and five thousand dollars at a time, or I think maybe twenty five hundred, whatever it is. It was a ridiculous number that she was just carrying around all this cash and just throwing it at him every time. Which begs the question as well, you know, part of her testimony is that uh, she went to, she brought cash to these foreign countries because it, it allowed her to uh, negotiate better so she could say she has cash and then get a better deal on things. But if that's the case, then why are they putting everything on this guy's credit card? It, it doesn't make any sense paying for all the trips and, and all the stuff. However, Nick, it gets worse. It gets worse. So... Not only was her, could her testimony be considered perjury given how she lied on the stand about a number of things and that she did commit these crimes, it seems, in fact, with the embezzlement and fraud defrauding the, the taxpayers in Georgia there. But then, just out of nowhere, she just voluntarily admits to committing uh, uh, campaign uh, uh, violations with her campaign funds, saying that she took a large portion of cash from her campaign, which is wildly illegal, uh, for just herself to hold on to, I guess, which, uh, if this is coming from the same cash pool that she's using to pay for these lavish trips, then that is obviously a violation of campaign finance laws. So, there's a lot of things to unpack here. I want to play a few clips, though. Uh, here specifically, uh, let's see, this one is the lawyer, Nathan Wade, being uh, uh, cross-examined in this case discussing that he paid for the vacations he took with Fulton County DA Fannie Willis with his business credit card and was reimbursed in cash. I'm going to play this clip real quick because I got a few of these, Nick, and they're gems. Like, I was, I can't lie. I was, I was sitting at my computer yesterday, you know, crying, almost crying from laughing so hard. Uh, and I'm not laughing because I don't take this seriously, but it's it's like you were saying before it's like watching children like you can't help but kind of chuckle because you're like this is insane these are the people they want us to take seriously these are the people they want us to believe are you know 
the the upright, upstanding citizens who are going to, you know, get that dastardly Trump for all of his nefarious activities when this is their demeanor and how they act. Let's let's listen to this clip here. All I needed. Um, you said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel, though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? It was cash. She didn't. She didn't give me any checks. So she paid you cash for her share of all these vacations. Mr. Schaefer, you'll step out if you do that again. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so all of the vacations that she took, she paid you cash for. Yes, ma'am. And you purchased all of these vacations on your business credit card, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you included those in deductions on your taxes, correct? No, ma'am. No, you did not. <laughs> Well, there's Exhibit 1, Your Honor. He admits that he paid for all of their trips on his business credit card, but she reimbursed him with cash, and we're just going to have to take his word for it. Right, Nick? I think you're muted, Nick. Hello. All right. Well, we'll get Nick back eventually. Oh, no. That's my fault, okay. Nick. I muted you. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> oh, it's all good. That's got to be the <laughs> – look – even people with a simple LLC, you know, uh, knows to, to keep track of all their business business expenses and keep personal and business separate, uh, so that way you can write it off on your taxes as uh, you know uh, losses. Basically, um, there's no law that makes you have to make a profit. There's no law that says you have to have a profit. So basically, anybody could do that, um, and and really use it to their benefit. So if this guy is using it for travel and, and things that are business related, and by the way, like I said, you're supposed to have them completely separate. You are not supposed to cross um, you know, personal things with your business account. So this guy you know, broke a, a cardinal rule that way, and then he says he didn't write it off on his taxes. Um, you know, so it, either way, it's looking really bad. I mean, really the story is like guy. I commingled the funds from my business and personal pleasure expenses, and then was reimbursed in cash. So it's not fraud. It's like <laughs> okay, interesting. Uh, that's believable. Yeah, just because she paid you back the money that you embezzled doesn't mean that it's not illegal. You know. I mean, I, I, I guess it's exculpatory for her if it's true, but it still is him using his business account to go on lavish trips that are being paid for by uh, Fulton County taxpayers. But, they, but it gets worse, Nick. It gets much worse. Trust me. We have, we have some doozies of clips here. Uh, here's an in individual named Terrence Bradley, right? He is somebody who would be a, a character witness who uh, was around these two, who he was giving testimony about, uh, you know their relationship and kind of informing the court on on how and when their relationship started which by the way that's another lie that that they didn't uh got into the or they trapped themselves and i think they said their relationship started in 2022 when in reality they were uh having a romantic relationship going back it seems to 2020 at least so these these people have been uh doing some dirty things and i think it, it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, the man involved, Nathan Wade, wasn't divorced at that point. Uh, it, 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 oh, boy. Honestly, you know what? It, it, it's it's like an episode of Jerry Springer. It's almost it, – it's like a soap opera. It's almost difficult to just keep up with the simple facts of the case because it's such a, a degenerate, immoral, disgusting thing. But 
here's Terrence Bradley, okay? And I want to play this clip because he's informing the court something that is wildly corrupt uh, about something that, that happened that's wildly corrupt in that the National Bar Association apparently gave him legal advice on how not to answer questions on Fannie Williams and Nathan Wade. So what you're, what, what, what that means, folks out there, that, that individuals from – representatives from the National Bar Association are coaching witnesses in this case on how to lie by omission and obfuscate telling – you know, basically – avoid telling the truth it's wild but it's true and here he is admitting it refer to what i was told by the bar that rule 1.6 of confidentiality applies and that i would be asking for an immediate review by the supreme court sure but applies to what any communications is what the person at the bar told us any communications so like he, did, he did not qualify to Mr. Wade. That's covered. Well, Judge, I, I don't know. Um, he didn't go into those specifics, um, but this is what was told. I was sitting there um, with my attorneys. So, <laughs> to recap, the National Bar Association is is consulting a witness in this case and giving him advice on the confidentiality, quote-unquote, of his communications between the lawyers who are being investigated in the corruption probe. So, I mean, and, and here's the thing. You may say out there, oh, well, that's not that's not a crime. That's not bad. Well, uh, how does it look when that's happening from what we are told is this impartial organization that's in charge of, I don't know, uh, sanctioning and, and, and uh, making lawyers uh, or basically uh, uh, licensing lawyers to become, uh, you know, attorneys. I mean, it's it's wildly inappropriate at minimum, maybe a violation of ethics, you know, uh, at worst, probably. But this is just uh, the tip of the iceberg here. There's so much more that it is that it is it is almost stunning nick i can't i cannot make this up and like i said the worst part about all this is that the judge in this case is there were times during the hearing yesterday where you could just tell he was he was not running the show fanny willis was running the show he was just afraid of her uh so we got more yeah oh no go ahead nick if you got anything i, I have more i was going to play another clip uh I want to bring up that the bar is actually a British organization, and the United States version of it is a voluntary attachment to it. So essentially, it's a, a British establishment. I want everybody to to know that and look into it more. So, um, you know, maybe indirectly, the UK is meddling again with our affairs. I knew those red coats were at it again. We got them, Nick. All right, let's keep going though. Uh, here is some other stuff. Uh, Witness in the case, Robin Yurti, who's a colleague of two, the two individuals in question, Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis, testifies in open court that uh, the official story they gave was not true because she testified that their relationship started in 2019 and they want you to believe their, their actual relationship didn't take place until 2022. Uh, so let's go ahead and listen to this here. Or what personal and romantic is later. When I ask you personal, do you take that to mean romantic? Yes. 
And do you understand it, that their relationship began in 2019 and continued until the last time you spoke with her? Yes. Oh, got him. It's it's a comedy got of errors. Him. Yeah, it's 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 a comedy of errors with these people actually. But we haven't even gotten into the best part, which is Fannie Willis uh, herself taking the stand and giving testimony, which probably was one of the more entertaining things I've seen in a while. Just as far as you know, how ridiculous and absurd could we get with the way she acted, like a petulant child on the stand? She was, uh, you know, obviously a hostile witness uh, toward the. Uh, attorneys who were questioning her but the judge just continued to allow it time and time again because he is like an i don't want to use the c word nick because i try not this is a family friendly show i try not to cuss or anything and it's not even a cuss word necessarily but it is a description of a very uh disturbing thing and but if there was one of those c words it is this judge the way he acted around her and i have some clips that are just you know wild Okay, so Ashley Merchant, the one of the attorneys representing Trump in this case, is basically cross-examining Fannie Willis, and this is pretty wild, uh, this exchange right here. Um, I'm going to play a few of these clips, but this is just to give you an idea of what this woman was like on the stand yesterday. It was something else, some, a sight to be seen. Uh, she talks like a gangster and or a mix between, like, uh, Martha St- like let's say martha stewart but like the the prison martha stewart and uh uh you know basically an atlanta rapper (laughs) um just listen to this though i mean this is wild did you ever pay him through cash app no you only ever paid him through cash what yes uh, we're talking about i'm very confused never given mr wade money through cash app no. The only money you've ever given him outside of a contract is cash. I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute, but I didn't give him money outside, uh, in a contract. What happened is, no, we're going to answer it since you said it. He worked. He worked more hours than he was paid, and the county paid him for the work that he did. So don't be cute with me and then think that you're not going to get an answer. And I- so just, just, just that alone. And this clip goes on. I got it's way longer, but I gotta pause it there, Nick. Do you hear that the, the way she's talking to the the attorney who's who's questioning her, Trump's uh, legal representative? Rep- representative, it's wild, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's completely disrespectful, and it's a mockery of the court. Absolutely, and it just shows you how like completely out of control this courtroom was. It was wild. It was something else, but. We have more clips, and it, and it's it gets even worse, like to the point where she's literally in, in confessing to crimes because she's too stupid to realize that that's what she's doing. Anyway, when we come back, we're gonna play some more uh, clips from this this hearing. It, it's wild. You're gonna want to stay tuned. You're listening to Just Inform Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. Any major disaster, especially weather-related, when the power goes out, 
can cause people to suddenly panic. Within hours, grocery store shelves in your area can be picked clean. Food supply lines get interrupted and food is hard to find. At that point, it's too late to do anything about it. You must survive only on the food you already have in your home or risk waiting for the government to respond while you're standing in food lines. So ask yourself, do you have enough food in your home to last for weeks or months? That's why the smart move is to secure your family's personal supply of the most reliable emergency food you can buy. Having at least four weeks worth of food is not a luxury, it's mandatory. If you don't want you and your family to end up in this situation, go to 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button at the top of the page. That's 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button. Hi folks, Joe Jaquin here from the Half Empty Cup of Joe Show. Are you worried about investing in the stock market, especially with Joe Biden in office? Do you really trust this economy? What if you could invest in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there's absolutely no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-YREFI-24. You can earn a fixed rate of return that's up to 10.25%. Just call 888-YREFI-24 or go to investyrefi.com and tell them Joe sent you. Suck punch somebody on a sidewalk Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store You think it's cool, act a fool if you like Cuss out a cop, spit in his face Stomp on the flag and light it up Yeah, you think it's tough Well, try that in a small town Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James, with Nick No, Nick, we are continuing down the rabbit hole with what's going on in regard to this hearing that took place yesterday. Fannie Willis, Nathan Wade, the corrupt prosecutors involved in persecuting Donald Trump down there in Fulton County, Georgia. And it's like at every, every time this woman opens her mouth, Nick, it just gets worse and worse for them. And to the point where yesterday you even had MSNBC going out there and saying, you know, she's basically screwed herself, which if MSNBC sees it and and will actually talk about it, then you know it's probably bad. But we have some texters who texted in that I want to get to. And shout out to everybody texting. You know, you guys make the show better. When you contribute your thoughts, comments, whatever, I really appreciate it. Nick really appreciates it. We really appreciate it. So you guys are the best. Let's get to them. Our friend from the 505 texted in and said, gee, I wonder, did that judge work for Fannie at one point? That's a good question. I I get confused because there's multiple jurisdictions and multiple judges. I'm not sure if it's Judge Tanya Chutkin or I think it is this judge in Fulton County. But I would need you guys to fact check me on that because I'm just going off the top of my head here. But I'm pretty sure he did work for Fannie at one point, which is, you know, just just a, a, a little fact that nobody should worry about or be concerned with, right? 
But it goes on, and they text and say, does Fannie have some incriminating evidence, info, or blackmail on the judge? Inquiring minds want to know. That's a great question, right, Nick? I mean, I think that's a very good question we should be asking, especially after when we get into more clips from this trial. So we got other textures, though. Uh, Somebody from the 970 texts in and says, see, just one more reason we need digital currency. Yeah, I see what you did there. Very funny, very clever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they'll probably say that next, right? We need digital currency because Fannie Willis is a corrupt prosecutor. All right. Um, and finally, our good friend Sandra texted in and said, I so appreciate all the truth you impart regarding this character, Fannie. She does not deserve to be addressed as a lady. A true lady is dignified, well-mannered, and polite. Fannie has not demonstrated any of these attributes. Yeah. God bless uh, you, Sandra. Thanks for the text. And that's true. That's very true. We're... Uh, we're going to see more of that right now. I'm going to finish playing this clip, Nick, of Fannie Willis. And I just want everybody out there, right, before we even get into the stuff where she, like, basically incriminates herself on the stand and, and admits to committing campaign vi- finance violations, just listen to the way she she disrespectfully treats the attorneys representing Trump and how she's been she's being given all of this leeway to do grandstanding on the witness stand which is wildly inappropriate uh in any other courtroom with any other judge you could you would imagine that this would have been shut down nearly immediately and that the judge would have informed the witness that she would be treated as a hostile witness if she continued to disregard the etiquette and decorum of the court to not badger the attorneys who are questioning you but at every turn, she's just allowed to go off on these tangents and rants and act. And she not only is she from the witness stand questioning the attorneys, but she's also badgering them and making uh, these grandstanding statements that that are uh, completely. Uh, I mean, this this thing fell off. The, the, this thing fell. What is it? What is the? Why am I blank? What is that term? Fell off the wagon or fell off the the wheels? It, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, it went bad really quickly is what I'm trying to say. So let's keep <laughs> let's keep playing this clip. It's it's just wild. Uh, here is Fannie Willis being uh, interrogated by Ashley Merchant, who is one of Trump's uh, representatives in this case. Uh, let's just keep listening. I will ask you about the contract in a minute. I asked you about cash. Did you ever pay him anything? And I'm trying to qualify my questions. I'm not talking about the contract with Fulton County that was paid. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about outside of that, did you ever pay him anything other than cash? I've only given cash a few times in, in the course of what we're talking about. So you if we would go to dinner, let, let her finish her answers. If we would go to dinner, I wouldn't give him cash because he paid for dinner or I paid for dinner. I've given him cash only a few times in life, probably four. Probably the most money I've ever handed him is $2,500. The least amount of money I've handed him, probably between $500 and $1,000. You never wrote him a check? Ma'am, I don't have checks. Okay. Um, so you have no proof of any reimbursement for any of these things because it was all cash, right? The testimony of one witness is enough to prove a fact. So my question was, do you have I'm any proof? Is that what you're intimating right here? I'm asking if you have any proof that you paid him any I mean, of these The proof is what I just told you. You have no written proof. Is that correct? So I have some... Um, 
probably some transactions like in Belize. I probably spent $500 on my card uh, in Belize. I spent 800, I can't remember, 900 bucks on each of our tickets to go to Belize. I did the $700. I probably got some minor expenses in Aruba that would be on a card. But for the most part for those trips, other than, so the two cruises, I gave him money for those before we ever left because um, they were pre-booked. Let me answer. Well, the, the, the question was if you had any written proof. And so so I've answered you that I've had written we proof. We can move to the next question. If you've answered if we had any written proof, and that was my question. Um, I, I want to make sure that we're clear that for the two cruises. Judge, I asked if she gave him written proof. proof. We're not going to talk about <laughs> Ms. Merchant, she answered your question, so. I mean, Nick, this this is. I've never heard a courtroom ran like this. I've never heard a, a witness so hostile toward the the attorney and the judge doing nothing to stop it. And I don't know if you picked up on the part where, I mean, like, when you're a witness, you are not allowed to, to ask questions from the stand. I mean, that's wildly inappropriate. And she does it, like, every other five seconds, right? Um, yeah. And I noticed that she said... Uh, are you intimating instead of saying implying you know the word she's looking for is implying are you implying that I lied is that what you're <laughs> she, she said are you intimating well we're not talking about Einstein here this is Fannie Willis at the end of the day but here's the thing that testimony in of itself is is bad a bad look uh, but there's just so much more but I mean, you hear what her case, her argument is like, where it's like, well, you know, I don't know if it was Belize or Aruba or the cruises to the Caribbean. But yeah, I mean, I was just giving him cash when he was paying for everything on his credit card. Like, this is wildly corrupt. Like, I don't even know what to say. But it gets worse, Nick. It gets so much worse. Um, Here's her admitting, I want to play this clip. This is her admitting to campaign finance violations uh, right here. Let's play this. My whole life, when I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much today. Okay, so we're going to hit a break here. But, Nick, let me just let me just break down what she just admitted. She just admitted that she took cash out of her campaign and kept it in her home. And her argument is that that cash then ended up going to pay for reimbursing the lawyer who was using his business card to pay for trips to Belize and Aruba and the Caribbean, which was being funded by taxpayer dollars that she was in charge of allocating in hiring him. I mean, Nick, I don't even know, like... There's like five laws that were broken there, I think. I mean, at least two or three, right? Yeah, her argument is, uh, you guys are coming at me all wrong. This, you're charging me with the wrong crimes. You're accusing me of the wrong crimes. <laughs> so therefore, I'm free to go. Like, that's her mentality. Oh, no. I, I hate to say it, Nick, but boy, oh, boy. We'll, we'll play everyone out on, on some uh, Fanny Gold Digger. Let's listen. Fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 Fanny, this 
thought always at the beauty salon with the baby Louis Vuitton on the hunter arm. She said, talk to walk a clock, I could really do harm. For a case, I got a lot, I could blow up your spot like a bomb. But I'm looking for the one. Have you seen her? She went and put my whole team under subpoena. All right, we'll be back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Hi, this is Tammy Cuthbert Garcia with Naturally Inspired Radio. Tune in Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. for the latest in natural health news. Get real solutions for healthy living and hear from our inspiring guests that are leading the way in health and freedom. This is a man's world. Ow. Ow. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio with your hosts, Craig James and Nick Noe. And, and Nick, you know, we have so much more that we can do with Fannie Willis here. It's it's almost just too much. And there's so many other stories, Nick. I hate that this takes up so much, uh, you know, of the narrative right now. But it is important because to understand the character of the people they choose or select to, you know, carry out their thuggery and and persecutions and hoaxes is important for, you know, people to understand that we're not dealing with the best, the smartest people here. We're dealing with people who are brazen criminals who are, are not afraid or ashamed of their criminal activities to the point where they will admit in open court under oath in testimony to violating crimes that like you said before the break nick it's like oh you guys you guys got it all wrong okay we were committing a a, a lot of crimes not just one or two we, we did a lot of stuff you know so here's more testimony i want to play real quick but before we do that just don't ever forget that the the foreman in the grand jury that indicted trump this was the person fanny willis used to indict trump in part here never forget this let's listen personally want to hear from the former president. i wanted to hear from the former president but honestly i kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because i got to swear everybody in and so i thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with president trump of me looking at him and being like do you solemnly swear and me getting to swear him in i just i kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment personally <laughs> i mean I, don't forget that lady is a pagan witch, by the way, uh, as far as what I've been able to research and understand. However, there's more, there's more, there's more, Nick. I, I don't even know how to describe some of these other the, these other statements. Um, here she is talking about her cash and situation and how she keeps cash 
Very interesting stuff. Listen to this. Well, uh, you know, in the, let, let me move on uh, to, to my point here. So the point is that what you're telling us is that uh, you were uh, in financial straits, but really that your testimony today is you had a cash hoard of maybe up to $10,000 in cash where you laid your head at night so that you would dip out and there would be no record of it, correct? That's not what I'm telling you, sir. That's not, that's not at all what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is that throughout the course of my life, I have always kept cash in my house. That cash has ranged from times, you know, my father would probably be ashamed of this because he would say it should be more, but that, time, that cash at times has ranged from $500 to maybe $9,000, and he, he would be like, that is not what I told you to do. Um, I've always had that amount of money. What I've told you is that when I travel, you do better negotiating when you travel. If you have cash, you can, you go to get the cab. They say, oh, we gonna charge you 300 for the day. Well, I got American cash. Will you take it for 150? And so it's my practice to take money when I travel. We're not talking about a whole lot of money. We're going to the Bahamas. 1,500 in cash is in my pocket or at the most 2,500. Belize was actually probably the most money I've ever taken. And it was taken because it was a big deal. My 50th birthday sucked. His 50th birthday, it, it sucked. It was terrible. No. And so I get back to, to some questions. <laughs> I mean, I mean who even, nobody even asked her about her birthday. I mean, what? And this judge is allowing this to go on, Nick. It's wild. It's it, it was like it, it was like complete chaos in there. Where my 50th birthday sucked, but his 50th birthday was great, and we went to Belize, and I bought all this cash. It's like. Who is this lady, and how is she getting away with this? But, oh, Nick, it gets worse. It gets much worse. Sure. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Um, here's another one, another gem. Uh, showing her racist true colors, uh, Fanny Willis here, about emasculating men. I'm not going to emasculate a black man, but I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm that. sorry, what? I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Did you understand that? Oh, that's not a hostile way. It's just interjecting her desire not to emasculate black men. It's like, okay, so then you're okay with emasculating a white man? Wouldn't that be the the uh, inference there from that statement? I guess. That's why she's going after Trump and, and doing her best to try to uh, emasculate him. You know, watching uh, MSNBC scramble to to make this all go away and and to spin it so that it, their audience thinks that she's done right here is is wild. Uh, Lisa Rubin, a uh, an analyst on MSNBC, let's just listen to the desperation in her voice. It's it's rather disturbing. Watch this. What did you make of that moment? I thought that moment was successful for Fonnie Willis. She sort of harnessed her emotion and in that moment redefined, let's let's take peel back the onion and clarify why it is that we're here. You've given me the equivalent of a proctological exam on national television and none of it was necessary because what you're trying to do is what, as Andrew just mentioned, distract from what my office is doing. We had conversations today about how much cash Fonnie Willis kept in her home at all times based on directions from her father and how she was raised. We could not have gotten any further afield from the allegations in her very sizable indictment. So at that moment... <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's not, that's not even true. It's the, 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 why are the, here's the question I have for this MSNBC analyst. Why are they asking about the cash hoard that she keeps at her house, right, Nick? Yeah, no one asks about the – the guy even gave her an out. He said, okay, so you, you keep the money just in case of an emergency, like you need to bug out. And she's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. He's giving you an out. <laughs> that sassy voice is coming out, Nick. I hear it already. Oh, oh, hell no. <laughs> I, I just can't believe that – I just – I just can't believe that it's happening and, and that it even got this far, you know, with her. It, it's, and like we were talking about, there's no way that she passed any tests. I don't believe, like, it, she didn't well, even know the word implied when the, she. I just, I'll I give you it. an idea of how this judge is with her. Uh, this is a crazy exchange here where even the judge had too much. This, this, you know, a feminine beta judge sitting there, the beta boy that he is, you know, a, an obedient. Um, you know, little peasant to Fannie Willis's court that she's running. Uh, even he couldn't take it after a while. Uh, here's a clip of them ex- an exchange between the judge and Fannie Willis. That's before I had to abandon my home, Judge. All right. And at my well, home in South Fulton, he never came there, okay? So if you don't well, come someplace, you can't live there. Ms. Willis, that's going to have to caution us. It's going to be my first time I have to caution you. We have to listen to the questions as asked. And if this happens again and again, I'm going to have no choice but to strike your testimony. So we need to break this down. This merchant's question, I believe, is uh, asking whether you lived anywhere other than South Fulton. I mean, Nick, I have to just say, it, describing to the audience the body language of that judge, it is weakness. It is fear. It is terror. It is... Uh, he doesn't want to be there, it looks like. He doesn't want to be doing th- what he's doing. And he, he knows that there's going to be repercussions for what he's doing, which is uh, trying to impartially oversee a case against the sitting district attorney of Fulton County, which, you know, I, I get it. It's a tough situation, but look, these people are corrupt, and uh, we know it. We see it. It's all on display. We have that and much more when we come back. Stay tuned. The Podesta emails, Epstein Island, Hunter's laptop, the 2020 stolen election. What truths are they hiding? Find out this and more on Just Informed Talk Radio, weekdays from 7 to 9 a.m. You are listening to KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. The Rockies. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230.
Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio with your hosts, Craig James and Nick No. And, Nick, we're kind of going through all of these clips from the case yesterday. Uh, very much worth hearing because it gives you a, a real glimpse into the people that are the uh, morally superior individuals in charge of the persecution of Donald J. Trump. Uh, it's a fascinating thing to see. We have another texture from the 970 texted in and said, I think this judge was trained in decorum by Anderson Cooper. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I see it. I, I can see it already. Uh, they could be twins. All right, here it is. You know, people are saying the judge lost control of the courtroom and allowed Fannie Willis to run it. Uh, you know, I'll just ask the question. What do you guys think listening to this clip? Well, no, no, no. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. So my question was, do you have any problem? I object to getting any personal records of mine. We're not dealing with privilege through a witness. And I'm not, no, 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 I'm not dealing with privilege. What um, we had offered to put them in camera for the court to review, and I just want to know if she has any That's problem. That's something to do with a witness. Well, no, no, no. Look. All right. So, I mean, like, Nick, I don't, I'm not a lawyer, right? But I did study law a little bit in college because I was a political science major and I was pre-law and I, I wanted to become a lawyer and then decided not to. Thankfully, I, I think it was the right decision. But uh, that was wild watching Fannie Willis from the witness stand object to <laughs> the questioning from the attorney. Uh, I just, and the judge is just like, uh, I mean, I don't think the judge knew what to do at that point. So it, it, I mean, so many more gems, right? I think there's, uh, uh, more gems than you could imagine coming from this testimony. Here's, uh, Nathan Wade on, on, uh, Fannie Willis being a proud woman. If, if you've ever spent any time with Miss Willis, you understand that she's a very independent proud woman so she's going to um, overall so she's going to insist that she carries her own weight and it, it it actually was a point of contention between the two of us she is going to pay her own weight she's a proud woman independent woman you know all the single ladies you know beyonce and all that uh that's why she you know didn't embezzle cash she paid it back, obviously. Duh. Uh, Nick, I got highlights, a little highlight reel from it. But another thing I noticed last night was, you know, what was happening online is we were getting all these posts I saw inundating my social media feed talking about how it, it seems as though she may have worn her, dra- her dress backwards while she was there. And two things that would be easy for me to just observe quickly. First off, this to me seems like some sort of contrived jury manipulation tactic where she actually believes that, you know, if she looks a little disheveled and, and unkempt and, and, and she can't even put her dress on correctly, well, how could she embezzle money, right, Nick? How could she defraud the, the taxpayers if she can't even put a dress on? You know, it's a subtle tactic they use to try to manipulate those who are uh, uh, observers like a jury or like those observing this case from the television screen that it was being played on. But I also mentioned, don't forget that there are artificial intelligence powered botnets that in real time will produce original arguments to dispute anything that that is labeled misinformation, but meaning 
that they are trying to subtly shift your attention away from, oh, I don't know, the, the myriad of crimes that she just admitted to committing, and, and now we're talking about her dress being on backwards. So it's it's a fascinating thing. When we come back, Nick, uh, we're going to let you take off for Tinfoil Friday. I know you have a lot in store for the people out there. So you're going to want to stay tuned. we got Tinfoil Friday coming up. Big, big stuff. You're listening to Just Informed Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. Hi, folks. This is Pastor Bruce Miller with the Foothills Baptist Church family. Join us Sunday afternoons from 3 to 4 for the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. That's Sunday afternoons, 3 to 4, here on 1360 AM. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, 1360 AM, KHNC, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. There's anticipation the Federal Reserve will be holding off on lowering interest rates after another stronger-than-expected reading on inflation. The producer price index, inflation at the wholesale level, rose three-tenths of a percent in January. Excluding food and energy, the increase is half a percent, and for the year ending in January, the PPI rose nine-tenths of a percent. The core PPI reading on an annual basis up 2%. Also, housing starts, groundbreakings for new homes declined 14.8% in January, and building permits declined more than expected, down 1.5%. Movie theater chain Cinemark lost money in the holiday period, though it expects to benefit from the continued recovery in the industry. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. The Fed's new FedNow system is all about surveillance and control. Secure your assets today with something Washington cannot manipulate. Hi, Stephen K. Bannon, and I recommend diversifying your retirement into a physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To learn more, get a free info kit by texting the word SHELTER to 989898. Do this right now. Text SHELTER to the number 989898 and get a free info kit from Birch Gold. There's no obligation or purchase required. Message and data rates may Hello, friend. I'm Jeremy Sladen, the head coach and founder of the Warrior Mind, Body, and Soul Experience, or Warrior MBS for short. There's a good chance that you're looking to level up with some needed improvements in your physical, mental, or spiritual life, or maybe you need a complete reset in all three. Either way, there has never been a better time for you to make this move, and here's why. Because the world needs you badly right now. Our culture is in full-scale attack mode on what it even means to be a man. 
Testosterone levels have dropped by 50% since the 1940s, and true masculinity is retreating into these pathetic spaces. Now, all this gender bending has men questioning who they are and how to fulfill their sacred roles in life as fathers, husbands, and community leaders. Warrior MBS is all about unlocking and unleashing these kinds of men. Go to warriormbs.com to check out the program and set up a live chat with Jeremy today. Again, that's warriormbs.com. Hi, folks. Joe Jaquin here from the Half Empty Cup of Joe Show. Are you worried about investing in the stock market, especially with Joe Biden in office? Do you really trust this economy? What if you can invest in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there's absolutely no loss of principal if you ever need your money back go to investyrefi.com that's invest the letter y r-e-f-y.com or call 888-Y-REFI-24 you can earn a fixed rate of return that's up to 10.25 percent just call 888-Y-REFI-24 or go to investyrefi.com and tell them joe sent you the views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the Justin Forum Talk radio show with your hosts, Craig James and Nick Noe. And Nick, we, uh, we've been getting texts. We've been getting uh, people interested in the show. And, and we got one text that I want to mention real quick before we get into uh, more here in Hour 2, our Tinfoil Friday segment. It's going to be great. But I got a little bit of flack from somebody on the text side who didn't want me to read this on air. But sorry, that's not how this works. We read, we read everything on air. Um, they say I... I wasn't saying the word effeminate correctly effeminate I, I don't know like that's what i was saying so uh there you go uh, texture thanks for your criticism it's always welcome we love it um nick what do you think brother we got tinfoil friday uh they, they don't like the way i pronounce words okay that that's i think they don't like though they gave you know what can you imagine somebody who cares so much nick that they listen to the show often so often that they actually believe they've put together a list of words that I do not pronounce correctly, which I'm going to go through here just to uh, let everybody know. They say I don't pronounce the words salve, which I, I don't know, versus divisive, derisive, de- depravity, and papal. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, they, dude, they literally sent in a list of words that I don't pronounce correctly. I love it. You guys, if and you care. As in Pope, right? Yeah, pay, 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 like Pope. I think I know who this is. 
<laughs> okay, good, good. If you care enough to listen this much that you are putting together a list of words I mispronounced, we love you. And we that's the kind of dedication we want from our listeners, right, Nick? Yeah, and you know, if we're not or enunciating and pronouncing words, um, you know, we appreciate the criticism. You know what? Uh, I, I'm i from Indiana, and I kind of – I've got a weird accent. It's, it's like I have a southern accent sometimes, but not really. I don't know. I don't say warsh, you know? I, I get it. Uh, it's maddening <laughs> to some people, but – Hey, no, I, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna start trying to use the, uh, salve versus divisive, derisive, depravity, and papal more often now because I want uh, not necessarily to change my pronunciation, but I want to, uh, you know, let, let them know how to say it correctly. You know that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I go off on a little tangent there. That's fun though. Uh, always love getting the audience to get involved with all of that. Now. Nick, it's Tinfoil Friday, sir, and I know you've uh, been looking at some big stories, and I kind of wanted to give you the floor on the second hour to to guide the ship, you know, be our be our Sherpa as we go down the rabbit hole. Show us show us the way. So, where do you want to start on this Tinfoil Friday, Nick? Well, we we could get the audience involved if you want. Uh, we got a couple different topics that we could talk about. I, I'd like to talk about the Philadelphia experiment, and then there are uh, a couple of other ones I'd be interested in talking about. The um, the um, uh, ESP and psychic abilities studied through the SRI, Stanford Research Institute. We could talk about that. Um, the Philadelphia well, experiment is really fun. Speaking of getting the audience involved, we have a caller, so let's bring them on. Who knows? Let's see what they have to say. It'd be fun. All right, let's let's take the caller. Uh, caller, you're on air. What do you got for us? Am I mispronouncing words? Well, Greg, it's Kevin. Hey, uh, from Kevin. Again. Our Tennessee truck driver. How are you? They are to hear the hey, way bud. I talk. You know. <laughs> How you doing this morning, Nick? Uh, I'm doing real good. I just, I thought, good. I'm glad you are, Nick. I'm glad you're doing great, good, Greg. I just want to tell you. Don't pay no attention to the grammar Nazis. Uh, <laughs> we all mispronounce words now and then. It's not a big deal. Um, it's, you know, it ain't like Klaus Schwab's in there. We ain't saying, you will eat the bugs and pronounce your <laughs> You will eat the bugs. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> no, it's fun because now they've given me a list of words I'm going to use repeatedly that that now they will learn how to say them correctly by my example. So th they did me a favor, Kevin. Actually, they did. They did, and, <laughs> and uh, I I've listened to you for years. I have yet to hear you mispronounce anything. Maybe I, you know, the way I talk is similar to the way you talk as far as uh, what was it, effeminate, effeminate, or effeminate? What was I, their, I think what they were trying to say I. Yeah, I think it was a feminine, and they're saying that I'm not like fully, probably enunciating the the T at the end, the effeminate, or I don't know. But either way, I I, I love it, and I think that they uh, texted back in. <laughs> okay, so now they they texted back in and said you got papal and verses right the first time. Check on the others. We speak English here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why well, this is entertaining right. to me. This is funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say, I'll settle this. As far as the feminine goes, if we're talking about gentlemen or men that speak with a 
girly girly men. We're, we're talking about girly. girly. Men. We'll just call, that's it. <laughs> that right there. Perfect. Yeah, we got him. We got him. We'll, we'll we'll settle this uh, whole. Well, he didn't pronounce that right. You cannot mispronounce girly man. <laughs> yeah, that, I hope I get that one right. Maybe, but we'll see. They'll probably text in if I get it wrong. So they'll keep uh, they'll keep us in the loop, Kevin. We always. Oh, I'm I'm true. Yeah, they'll keep a gr- close eye on what you and Nick are doing. <laughs> I promise. All right. Well, we got to get into our uh, tinfoil Friday. Good. What what else you got for us, Kevin? Well. I got something that goes along with Ten Full Friday. I was watching a program last night. Uh, it's a pretty famous program. It's called The Blacklist on NBC, if I'm right. Uh, and uh, I've liked that series since it came out. And uh, it talks about the government and wars and this and that. And uh, one episode said the next world war that we fight in will be a cyber war. Oh yeah, I mean that's. Hollywood I think, always tells us. I think we're already in they it. Do before they do it. I think yeah, we're, we we're, are. We yeah, are kind like, of. Yeah, we're like we're in the Cold War phase of the cyber war. I think. Exactly. You know, Hollywood people they tell you what's coming before it actually yeah. happens. Predictive programming—that's what they do. Predictive programming. That's it. I just wanted to share that with you, and then when I heard the whole. Uh, grammar school lesson i thought oh man hey, yeah I've definitely got <laughs> you know and, and and you're, Nick, so. you're actually the second person who recommended the blacklist i need to check out that show i've heard good things about it so uh we'll, we'll have to go check it that is. out it, it talks it even talks of a cabal i think in the first season and oh. uh the cabal is direct the a lot of government employees are in it hey, absolutely brother we, we know all right well kevin Thank you for t- calling in. We always appreciate it. And uh, we're going to hit a break here in a second. So if you have anything else uh, other than that, we'll we'll no, get back I, to Tinfoil Friday. Uh, that's that's it. Take take good care of my Tinfoil team. And uh, <laughs> yeah. God bless you and Nick. I'll talk to you guys later. Amen. God bless you too, brother. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Nick, we got a couple seconds for the break. Uh, our audience is great, right? Yeah, fantastic. We appreciate all the feedback, all the comments. We encourage you to interact with us because that makes the show more fun for you guys and us. Yeah, and you can learn how to say words like salve and verses and divisive and derisive and depravity and papal. You can learn how to speak correctly by listening to this show. What a blessing, right? Anyway, we're going to go to the break. When we come back, Nick, I I promise we're going to give you the rest of the hour to go into Tinfoil Friday because that's what the people want to hear. But uh, everybody, stay tuned. You're going to get more uh, uh, proper enunciation and conspiracies coming up after the break. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. We'll be back. Stay tuned. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything I do. I am free no matter what rules surround me. If I find them tolerable, I tolerate them. If I find them too obnoxious, I break them. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything that I do. Robert A. Heinlein. Hello, everybody in Northern Colorado. 
You're all looking good. I knew you would. <laughs> Keep listening to AM 1360, the roar of the Rockies, the best station ever. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio with your hosts, Craig James and Nick. No, Nick, it is time for Tinfoil Friday. Without any more distractions, without any more enunciations, uh, proper or improper, we are going to get down to the bottom of it. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the L in salve is silent, so uh, it is salve. No, I'm joking. Salve? Salve? Okay, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to keep doing this, Nick, because... <laughs> Because this is going to drive me crazy. All right, go ahead, Nick. Take it away. All right, so I'd like to talk about the Philadelphia experiment. A lot of people might have heard of it, uh, maybe just a name, but uh, I want to go into the details about what the what allegedly happened whenever there was an experiment to try and create a, in a naval yard a, a ship uh, invisibility capability is what they are after um and uh i want to start with that and it kind of bleeds into another project called the montauk project and a lot of this stuff um is you know you can't really verify it so it's a lot of testimony from people allegedly involved with the program and uh and that sort of stuff so let's start out with that um with the philadelphia experiment in the naval yard there so so this is how the story goes so the philadelphia experiment was to get a capability to um, basically be invisible visibly invisible not by radar or anything else i guess that would be desirable but uh, the philadelphia experiment they they uh, started that over in the naval shipyard and um you know, from there, it started about um, October 28th, 1943. It's a Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. And um, so they first started this, as I said, to see if they can get invisibility. And once they started doing it, uh, the experiment, they accidentally um, made their field. It's a, a resonant field that was allegedly designed by Tesla. Um, if you look at the roster of the scientists involved, you won't find Tesla on there. And some people claim that it's because he was a consultant to the program, and that's why he wasn't on the named on the the list there. So um, some of it's contradictory. Some of it's you know congruent with with uh, the history. So the story goes that. Uh, you know, they did this, and then whenever they made the ship go invisible, they did, but they went too far and accidentally made them go into hyperspace. So this naval ship goes into hyperspace, and according to the story of uh, Al Bielik, the hyperspace is the absence of form. 
And we've talked about this before, and it makes sense that the energy that holds us together, no one really talks about that ever in physics or anything like that. No one addresses that. But in this story, it does. And it says that in hyperspace, there is an absence of form. That energy that holds us together is absent there. So this ship disappears from the naval shipyard, and then it goes into hyperspace, which is basically absent of time or uh, that energy that holds us together. And they were in that for a very long time. And then the ship, um, you know, they're concerned. On, there's different timelines with this. So that's going on. They're, they've disappeared. And then there's a, a scientist named Van Neumann who was involved the, with the initial experiment that was later involved with what's called the Montauk Project. And allegedly... This is how the story goes from Al Bielik. They were trying to, with the uh, Montauk project, to access that hyperspace to get the Eldridge, the USS Eldridge, back out of hyperspace and back into the naval shipyard. And they were able to accomplish this. And according to Al Bielik, he was sent um, on this ship. He, his father allegedly was a part of the, a trainer in the program to train the sailors on how to um, behave and how to operate the system. Um, and uh, him and his brother Duncan were on the ship whenever it first dematerialized and uh, went into hyperspace. And when it did, they didn't understand that they were in hyperspace and they jumped off the side of the ship. And, uh, you know, thinking they would end up in the water there in uh, the shipyard. But it turns out that when they jumped off, they were just floating in hyperspace for a period of time. And um, the rest of the crew stayed on the ship. And whenever the uh, they were no longer falling in, into nothingness, they, they appeared in 1983 in uh, the Montauk uh, location base. In New York, and uh, you know, and and from there they were debriefed and told what really happened from Van Neumann, one of the people that was involved in the experiment to begin with, and he explained that he's been waiting for them, and that um, you know they need to go back in because they understand it better than anybody to get the Eldridge back out of hyperspace by destroying some vacuum tubes. At that time, they used vacuum tubes. Electronics were very different. Um, and uh, destroy those so that way the uh, the uh, they'd come back out of hyperspace. So he gets sent back in time, um, allegedly at that time, and then he or in, into hyperspace. And he goes on the ship, grabs an axe, and then uh, hits the machine that's doing this on the ship. And then everybody uh, rematerializes in Philadelphia at that time whenever it was uh, or actually in a different location and when they did um, their, the ship's crew was stuck in the hull because that energy that holds us together is absent in hyperspace so when they came back out of hyperspace form was restored however they were uh, you know stuck inside the hull they were, half their bodies were, were um, you know you know cut in half or however you want to say it. And then there are some people that uh, survived that just lost their mind if they weren't affected by the hole that way. And, uh, and the story goes on with, um, with, with him and Al Bielik. And then from there, he said that he was used in other 
projects to go forward in time and uh, things like that. It's all very interesting, and if anybody wants to check that out, there's a lot of different um, accounts and, and uh, testimony. And Al Bielik sounds like he, he makes a lot of sense in, in a lot of ways in, in what he's saying and how it could be true. Um, and uh, there's always that element where false memories can be implanted in people. That technology has existed for some time now. Um, you know, uh, with the Stargate program and, and things like that. So maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's not. I guess we'll never really know on that one. Um, but he uh, allegedly came back. They were able to um, regress his age and actually even uh, put his consciousness into somebody else. It, it's pretty interesting, but uh, it, it all goes back to Tesla's technology and how it's connected with everything. Um, and, and Tesla gave us a lot of things, and he was way ahead of his time, and he understood things much better than anyone really did, uh, even to this day. Um, you know, John, John G. Trump, he was Donald Trump's uncle, who he just recently mentioned again, uh, was one of the people that got Nikola Tesla's papers after he died um, to try and figure out whether the technology was workable or just a theory and whether it's dangerous and so on. And it, it went to the office of foreign technology as well. And uh, so he got to work on that. But according to Al Bielik, like I was saying, they, uh, he was uh, traveled through time to 1983 and then he was sent forward in time as well. And in a story about traveling to the future is uh, he said he was a time traveler to 2137, a nuclear war wiped out millions by 2025 and much of britain had vanished and you know uh so that's the Wait, time say, that, say, it said again? To... say it again what's the times on that he says a time traveler for he went to time he tra time traveled to 2137 because he remained in the program and then at that time he was basically um uh you know came to and then he would end up in a hospital but it's very different than a regular hospital and he said that uh, when he was there he witnessed flying cities as well as apocalyptic aftermath of global nuclear war in or around the year 2025 um you know so oh, well, I, it's an interesting hey, we story got a, we got at least at least we got another year right we're, we're good for another year Woo, let the good times roll, baby. Yeah. But, um, I'd say start but, your preps now, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And get this. This is one of the things that really got me, too, is that he provided a a map that he actually saw. And, and basically, when he arrived in the future at the hospital, they explained everything to him. They even made it more comfortable for him by putting some content from his era in there. And... Um, and it looked, he said, you know, according to his map, basically California is gone. So we got that going for us. And uh, it's covered in water. And then you got Washington State half covered. You can look this map up online. And essentially, um, there was uh, an event. The event actually altered the earth. And then there's other stuff that happened too, uh, at pole shift and things like that. But the Mississippi is super wide. And if you look at the, the map, it's super interesting. It's worth taking a look at. Um, but, yeah, you can go look up his lectures and actually hear it directly from himself. And uh, there's another person that was involved, too. And uh, 
that actually kind of backed up his story. He was a guy that used to work at um, uh, one of the very first defense contractors. And um, let me see, what is his name? Uh, Preston Nichols, you can look him up too. Preston Nichols was someone who supported his story and went around doing lectures with him explaining the Delta T antenna, which was used to distort time space and uh, basically, you know, uh, help bring the story into making somewhat, you know, somewhat making sense there. But yeah, check out the USS Eldridge, Philadelphia Experiment. Go look that up and uh, see what's going on there. See if there's any, any sort of signal in the noise there as some would say, super interesting. And then I've also got some more information over here on the, um, bro, just, I hate to start. interrupt, but, but I, I don't know for a fact, but I think somebody just sent, uh, some kind of like DoorDash meal to the station here. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Anyway, thanks guys. Some, well, I don't know. I think somebody was just trying to get in the front door. I was like, all right. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That, that was just very strange. Go on. Yeah, so you got Al Bielik, Duncan Cameron, and Bill Nell as well that uh, were alleged witnesses. And Preston Nichols was saying that he uh, worked in uh, the radar department at one spot. And, um, you know, he, he, he worked at the uh, Bell Labs, which actually is pretty – I think they might even be around still today, but, you know, Bell – uh, from you know, like it used to be Pacific Bell and other things like that. They were involved with communications and um, eventually became part of the um, AT&T and all that stuff. But, you know, uh, what they had created back in the day, it was much like Radio Shack where you could, um, you know, Radio Shack too used to have a lot of components that you could use for high voltage testing and things like that. Um so I don't know. It's super interesting. I think people should check it out and find out what they believe themselves. Um, you know, it could be either true or it is a a form of a psyop, <clears throat> and he could have totally been tricked. But uh, you, I think it's either one or the other. It's not really anywhere in between there, in my opinion, because um, you know the story is pretty succinct in most most places, but there are a couple of spots where um it's there's just not enough information and then of course like i said uh it's always possible that he was just a part of an experiment to implant memories into his mind but it's worth checking out but you know something that i know a little bit more about and i think is more you know uh more relevant to today because of the different types of antennas and transmitters we got for 5G, 4G, and 3G technology for transmitting information over cell phones and stuff, right? So they found out basically that microwaves can affect the mind and there's all kinds of different um, technologies that have been patented since, since – uh, you know, the Stargate program with the NSA and everything. And, um, you know, so it started out with, um, uh, there's a couple of people that, uh, started out with the project to, with Stanford research in Institute using microwave technology. I referenced it the other day because they have cats. They had, you know, to test ESP, they had, you know, a mother cat in one room and then her kittens in the other room and then they get distressed and the mother knows somehow. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to pick this back right up where we leave it uh, when we come back. This is fascinating stuff. I want to get into the SRI, the Stanford Research Institute, because I think you've done a good job at segueing into uh, maybe some stuff with regard to MKUltra. We're going to get into all of that. You're going to want to stay tuned. You're listening to Just Informed Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American world hegemony, the new world order, secret societies, one world religion, weather warfare, international wars, transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. Hi, this is Craig James from Just Informed Talk Radio, and I'm here to tell you about my kind CBD products. I have been using these products myself, and I can tell you this is the highest quality CBD product I've ever used in my life. My kind CBD products are 100% THC free, locally sourced from Colorado hemp farmers, and they're organic. And if you want, you can give them a shot today by going to 1360KHNC.com slash shop. And when you do, make sure you try out everything from the sunscreen to the lotion to the salve to the retinol cream to the tinctures to the cocoa to the coffee to the tea everything in between and make sure you try out the pet products as well they have pet shampoo and pet tincture you're not going to be disappointed these products are white labeled and sold in high-end stores and boutique salons for two three and four times the price you're going to be paying at 1360khnc.com slash shop straight from the manufacturer so go there and buy your products today and i know you're going to become a repeat customer just like me Yes, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Let us help. Listen to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Saturdays at 11, right here on AM 1360. Just Form Talk Radio with your hosts, Craig James and Nick Doe. Nick, you're breaking down our Tinfoil Friday segment. It is something incredible. We're talking now about the Stanford Research Institute, and we kind of started with the Philadelphia experiment, but now we're getting into what you talked about, which I thought was interesting, that, you know, we talked about albelic and this, this concept of time travel, whether it's real or not. Obviously, it would be impossible for us to say one way or the other. Uh, you know, obviously, most people would just dismiss it as, out there one of those you know fringe theories but you know we entertain ideas and thoughts here we don't we don't keep a closed mind we like to look at everything and one of the things you said that i thought was fascinating is is talking about implanted thoughts and memories right and and this kind of talks directly to things like the manchurian candidate and and the concept of programming people's brains in a certain way and that brings us, I guess, to the Stanford Research Institute, which you're going to get into a little bit, and, and some other things. So I'm going to I'm going to let you pick back up where you left off and just keep going. All right. So um, you got Hal put off with the Stanford Research Institute, and uh, he went over there and he did his first experiment with Ingo Swan, and Ingo Swan is actually a decorated 
army veteran and um and he actually got i think a, a bronze star or a silver star for finding somebody whenever the government asked him to find a kidnapped person in europe it turned out to be in europe actually uh, so this is how it went so on may 29th of 1973 hal Putoff conducted the remote viewing experiment with ingo swan using the coordinates given to them by the cia official interested in the project at, at sri which means Stanford Research Institute. So Swan was able to draw a map of a small military installation, which was identified later as being in West Virginia. So um, uh, the CIA official, later revealed to be Richard Kennett, reported that the results were accurate and the map was even to scale. So this is this is just free drawing from what he sees as the target that they describe, they give you minimal details. So three days later, Putoff received a call from Pat Price offering to have his skills tested. So Putoff reports that he was reluctant, but since he had briefly met Price and felt he wasn't a crank, Putoff was on uh, an impulse and read Price the coordinates of the experiment. And uh, shortly there, Sometime after, which is a couple days, Putoff received Price's five-page response, response, which went uh, into greater detail than Swan's, and he went so far as to read off nameplates, labels on files, and the CIA official confirmed Price's description, and Price was invited to join the project. So Putoff and Targ, Russell Targ, uh, felt that this experiment was important enough to include it at their open book of mind reach. For us, is a quote, for us, this type of experiment was definitive. There was no question of collusion between the challenger of, of the, and the subject, and the target site was small and characterized by controlled access. So basically, they, what they're saying is that it's impossible for them to look up the information or find it elsewhere because it is a classified location. And uh, what makes that uh, West Virginia Ural site viewing so remar remarkable is that these are not the best ever examples culled out of a longer list, but these are literally the first two site viewings carried out in a simulated operation type scenario. So um, you can look up Putoff's uh, CIA-initiated remote viewing program at Stanford Research Institute in the Journal of Scientific Exploration, Volume 10, Number 1, Spring 1996, if you want to look up more information on that. So um, with all of this, it developed a little further, and, and Stanford Research Institute got a little heat, so then uh, they made another spin-off organization, this is a tangent, called SRI International, and you can look them up, they still exist today, and I'm sure that they're doing woo-woo science, what's considered woo-woo science, it's a uh, science that seems like uh, weird stuff and magic, um, woo-woo for short. And so if you look more into that, you'll find out that they were, in fact, very accurate using this, this uh, methods that they they were using and they try they've been trying to figure it out for years there's actually a cia document that you can find on the subjects and uh, one of the one of the pages was missing for some time but if you look it up you can find the actual document that was classified at one time and it succinctly explains how the universe works um that we're in a holographic projection uh, coupled with some other aspects of uh, dimensions that we're in, uh, which would explain the ability, you know, uh, the the existence of uh, 
uh, you know, demons is, is a one way to categorize it or uh, characterize it or aliens and things like that. It's um, if you look up this information, it makes sense that they could be interdimensional beings that uh, that are not so nice that we've been in communication with as a government and some other things uh, that are involved with that, too. Yeah, I mean, I look at that. As everything that, that the Bible describes, you know, you talk about what I guess would be perceived by some today in modern terms as being aliens, where, uh, like you said, these type of interdimensional beings with the ability to travel between worlds, to be between um, this, you know, the, the, the world around us, the, the temporal world, and what is unseen, the, the, temp, the, the what is beyond the temporal world of what we see when we... Uh, open our eyes here so yeah i think that you know a lot of these programs when you get into the woo-woo stuff like you said uh they're kind of tapping into the tapestry the foundational tapestry of life and and things that we know and have known for quite some time uh biblically it's been told and written the the, con the historical account of these things existing uh has been there for quite a long time and you know, perhaps scientists these days are just tapping into those different um, realms of existence. And like you said, in certain cases, I'm sure are interacting with some pretty dark forces. And I, I, I always am of the opinion, though, that God is sovereign unto himself. So some people will come out and make these bold pronouncements and declarations. Well, that couldn't happen because God wouldn't do that. And you know, in certain cases, yes, I understand if you're using scripture as a, as a, as a way to make a pronouncement of what God's intention was or what he said he would do. But, uh, you know, in other times it's more of the thought process in my mind is, is God's sovereignty. So if he wanted to, to do anything, he could travel backward, forward through time, you know, have, you know, uh, beings that are interdimensional interacting with us which has been, you know, documented, as I said, historically in, in scripture, like the Bible. And so that's the way I look at it, Nick, but it is a, an interesting subject nonetheless. Yeah. It, and then it later on developed into uh, what's called Stargate, that program with the DIA. And that's one of our defense intelligence agency. That's mainly for the DOD, um, you know. And uh, there's an operational unit allegedly that came out of it, and they operated from 1991, and it was redesignated from the code name Sunstreak, and then it was terminated in 1995. Um, and I've met some of these people, Craig. I've met some people that were trained in in this. Uh, and what they and what they were doing there over at SRI from Ingo Swan and, and his uh, information, um, and, and uh, they 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 treat it very seriously, and I think there's something to it. Um, and you can still find people, and uh, you know, mainly from the army now that uh, that have basically said that they are part of the program and they've been trained and sometimes they're pretty accurate with what they say for predictions you know um, they can't be super super concise with a lot of stuff unless they're especially gifted like Ingo Swan was allegedly but he could read license plates he could go into vaults and in the USSR even if you wanted to and read the documents that are in the vault from their classified programs 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating topic, especially when you kind of break it down. I mean, it, and people say it's all fake or it's all conspiracy. Well, I mean, Hollywood's made movies about this, right? I mean, there's that movie with George Clooney, The Men Who Stare at Goats, that, that is, is obviously not, I don't think, a, a really accurate depiction of the program itself. But uh, they do talk about the concept of getting into these woo-woo science uh, realms and, and doing this experimentation and trying to find out what the human uh, uh what humans are capable of very fascinating stuff nick when we come back we'll pick right back up where we left off y'all are going to want to stay tuned you're listening to just Form talk radio we'll be back after a break Mountain High Floors has been Northern Colorado and Southern Wyoming's floor experts for over 30 years. Whether you need new hardwood, sand and finish, laminates, or tile and stone, Mountain High Floors will give you the unsurpassed quality and service you deserve. We do residential, commercial, and custom work. Call 970-545-2844, mention KHNC, and get a 10% discount up to $200. Again, that's 970-545-2844. Oh, and again. You've probably been hearing me talk about Y-Refi for a while now. Y-Refi has been getting a ton of phone calls, and I want to thank you for supporting and investing in something that actually helps people. A lot of people are talking about this investment, so I'd like to review the basics with you. First off, yes, it's true. You can earn up to 10.25% fixed rate of return. That's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there are absolutely no fees there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back and your monthly statements will have no surprises if you're not sure if you can trust this economy this secure collateralized portfolio may be a good option for you just go to investyrefi.com that's the word invest the letter y r e f y.com or call them at 888-YREFI24 that's 888-YREFI24 tell them joe sent you The globalists say resistance is futile. Will you choose to accept your slavery or declare your liberty? Find out how on Pac-Man and the Rev, Saturdays from 1 to 2. Sometimes the truth hurts. You can run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James, with Nick No. And Nick, you know, this is Tinfoil Friday, and I think you've done a pretty good job at connecting some pretty uh, far away seemingly dots that now are, are coming together. and. Uh, painting a pretty interesting picture. We've talked about some very esoteric knowledge and in getting into the the Philadelphia pro- experiment and, and Montauk projects and how that kind of led us all the way up to the, the Stanford Research Institute and what they were doing with, with kind of uh, MKUltra type activities and then getting into the, the, the realm of 
uh, uh, more interestingly oddball information, if you will, with regard to remote viewing and, and how that is all taken very seriously. You know, talk a little bit more about, Nick, if you will. You can go any direction you want, but I was interested to hear more about your interactions with people who have uh, been a part of this kind of work. And, and you say they take it very seriously because a lot of people may laugh or, you know, roll their eyes or, or try to mock it or dismiss it. And uh, I'm not sure I'm not 100 percent sure what I believe on this because it's very uh, strange knowledge, if you will. It's hard to conceptually understand a lot of what they are doing. But, you know, what are your interactions like with people who have done that kind of thing? And uh, what, what are you what's your gut feeling around it all? And then any other direction you want to take it? Well, um, you know, those people have taught me basic the basics of it. And there's a book called uh, Thinking and Destiny that you can look up. I think it's a free book. Anybody can get it. It's a PDF, Thinking and Destiny, which kind of has a little bit of an effect talking about, you know, psychic ability, but also your ability to use your consciousness to make things happen in your life that you desired outcomes or, or even uh, in this world for that matter and uh, it all kind of goes into a program that uh, is, is called looking glass that goes into that there's a couple of different types the way I understand it of what be, would be considered looking glass there's one that's like AI that scrapes all the data and information in the world you know that's online or otherwise and then analyzes it to predict the future and and that includes all real-time inputs and and they get predictions but then there's another program that's considered looking glass i've heard the same thing about but this one is using um, basically phase conjugation and uh, the way i understand it is that they want to use people who are psychic and by psychic I mean not a hundred percent accurate but um, you know there's the statistical probability of you guessing the right uh, you know face of a coin when you flip it is a certain amount you know and they don't expect any standard deviations away from that we're talking about people that get it right 20 percent of the more more often than someone that's just guessing or 30% more even, but not like a hundred percent of the time. So they'll take these people and then hook them up to the looking glass technology. And this technology uses actual, you know, uh, science and mechanics and, and, and uh, it uses different types of things such as uh, laser beams, refracted waves, uh, distorted waves, and they send it through these different, uh, phases and and, uh, and they split using aberrated material, uh, the the uh, photons and everything like that. And they're using you know basically literally looking glasses like glass that's used to do all these things and mirrors. Um, so it's very highly technical. I can't even explain it very well. Um, but essentially, they're able to use their psychic abilities to see all the possibilities of all the different timelines that could happen and uh, provide the details about those it's it's pretty interesting um, to look up i mean could you imagine what what you could do with that kind of knowledge i mean the the, the possibilities are almost limitless but as i've said before and you kind of briefly talked about you know when i thought conceptually of what project looking glass would be 
yes, maybe there's a component of it that is uh, that that operates in the way you just described. But I mean, they already have a a, a veritable what do you call that? A a crystal ball that they can look into and and make predictions and, and literally basically control the future with Google and these supercomputers harnessing uh, through AI and other things, quantum computing, the entire uh, known knowledge of the whole world, right, which we've voluntarily uh, databased and, and put into these large servers like Google with, with the, the, the knowledge of all of humanity. And they can take that using quantum computing and other uh, uh you know, technologies, AI specifically, and they can start making predictive uh, predictions about the future to a very high level of accuracy. And then beyond that, what they can see is using that high level of computational power and uh, and everything else, they can essentially uh, not only make predictions about the future with high level of accuracy, but also uh, understand what inputs are necessary to uh, create future outcomes right nick that's right that's what they use to war game nowadays and um and you know maybe that's what nancy pelosi used to only do something like 20 trades in her whole lifetime and make 100 million dollars you know maybe that's what she was doing (laughs) or insider trading yeah probably insider trading i mean the idea that they let her near that machine would be very suspicious at at any rate uh, that's what I think. Looking, gra- looking glass would be in, in a in a easier to understand and more pragmatically constructed form. But your other uh, aspect, I think, probably may be a part of the broader operation of looking glass because you know if if that's the capability they have, if you have all of the information in the known world on databases, on servers that you can feed into quantum computers that are running massive large language learning models like AI systems that can then consolidate that information and use it to make predictions and to, to understand what inputs are necessary to create future outcomes, then th- they would obviously be looking at a way to escalate that, that capability, which would then lead to their uh, ability to get or their probably the necessity of bringing in people with what they consider psychic abilities to work in, in tandem. Very interesting stuff, Nick. Great Tinfoil Friday. When we come back, we're going to do our God's Grace Greater segment. Everybody stay tuned. You're listening to Just Informed Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. host of the Come Out of Her My People show here on the Roar of the Rockies. Tune in to discover why, whether it's the law of the land or scripture, what you've probably heard it says is not what is written. It's time to come out of all of that. You are listening to KHNC, the Roar of the Rockies. The Rockies. 
Hey folks, The Rev here. Urban Survival is more than just a well-stocked pantry. It's preparations for contingencies that separate winners from losers. Be sure to attend the Longmont Survival Expo, March 2nd and 3rd at the Boulder County Fairground. It's Northern Colorado's premier event featuring thousands of survival products and subject matter experts. The event will be held in the Exhibit Building at 9595 Nelson Road, Longmont, Colorado. Phone number 970-581-5231. Just form talk radio with your hosts Craig James and Nick No and and Nick, you did a great job for Tinfoil Friday, kind of taking us down the rabbit hole, and we hit a number of different uh, tinfoil conspiracies that I think you did a good job at tying together too. So I, I know our audience really appreciated that. In, in a matter of fact, we had somebody text in and say, uh, "Excellent show," and then they say, "I can't help myself." Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're, we're getting beamed up today. But Nick, uh, in all seriousness, uh, great show, great job. Let's let's leave them with a final thought, and then we'll do our God's Grace Greater segment. All right, guys. So things are looking pretty ridiculous as we watch this circus continue. And uh, I know that a lot of people probably feel like, you know, uh, I'm not sure where this is going, but I don't like where it's going. Keep in mind that the Patriots are in control, and in the end, God wins. Amen, brother. That's the truth. That's that's what we got to remind ourselves, that God wins in the end. And with that, we're going to do our God's Grace is Greater segment. You know, today is no different. We're, we're going to look at some scripture to give you some hope, encouragement, and discernment and take with you today. Today is uh, an interesting one. We're in Psalms, continuing Psalm 45. Uh, and it's called a, it's about a royal wedding song. And I want to share these words with you and, and we'll try to really extract what we can as far as what we can take with us today for inspiration, encouragement, and hope and discernment. And uh, for anyone out there who's uh, celebrating, you know, marriage, about to be married, you've been married. Uh, this is a, a great psalm to reference. And I'll just say this that, you know, Every, every, I'm blessed. I know you're blessed, Nick, and we're, we both are very much uh, thankful for our families and, and our, especially our, our uh, significant others. So uh, it's a blessing to have each day. And, and I love this song because it, it just talks about, uh, you know, what that looks like. And, and here it is. It says, my heart is moved by a noble theme as I recite my verses to the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most handsome of men. Grace flows from your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Mighty warrior, strap your sword at your side in your majesty and splendor, and your splendor ride triumphantly in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. May your right and right hand show your awe-inspiring acts. Your arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies, and the peoples fall under you. Your throne, God, is forever and ever. 
The scepter of your king is a scepter of justice. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, your God, God your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy more than your companions. Myrrh, aloes, and cassia perfume all your garments. From ivory places, harps bring you joy. King's daughters are among your honored women. The queen adorned with gold from Ophir stands at your right hand. Listen, daughter, pay attention and consider. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king's will desire your beauty. Bow down to him, for he is your Lord. The daughter of Tyre, the wealthy people, will seek your favor with gifts. In her chamber, the royal daughter is all glorious, her clothing embroidered with gold. In colorful garments, she is led to the king. After her, the virgins, her companions, are brought to you. They are led in with gladness and rejoicing. They enter the king's palace. Your sons will succeed your ancestors. You will make them princes throughout the land. I will cause your name to be remembered for all generations. Therefore, the peoples will praise you forever and ever. And I, and I think that's a very uh, just wonderful set of verses. And I just, one of the things that I really take away from this more than anything is that we are meant to live with truth, humility, and justice as our motivation and our desired outcome and, our, and, our, and, and what we strive toward. And in your lives, I want you to take that with you and, and apply it however you see fit. Um, for those of us who may be celebrating uh, certain anniversaries, Thank the Lord for those uh, days and, and every day. But with that being said, I'm going to leave it there. Happy Friday. Everybody go out and have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. Thanks to Nick. Great tinfoil Friday. But we'll be back on Monday, God willing. Until then, Godspeed and God bless each and every one of you patriots.